tax tax, which is always exciting. GST. That's a great idea. More efficient tax. Due diligence now. Hello everyone and welcome. You're listening to Tax Wrap episode 23. My name is Nathan Hewitt and today we're joined by Lisa, Letty and Handy. How are you doing guys? Welcome. Now guys, I've got a bit of a story to share with you today. Uh, me and a couple of mates, we had a really great business idea. We're looking to develop a new app. Now, we may have the business know-how, but what we don't have is the technical acumen to make it happen. We're not IT guys. We don't really know what we're doing. Basically, what we decided to do in starting this company and developing this app is bring on a couple of IT guys, people who could design the app for us. Now, the main problem with that is that we don't really have the means to pay them yet. The company's obviously not profitable. We haven't even launched our flagship product. So we're looking for ways that we can remunerate these employees before we get to uh, the period where we can offer them salary packages and, and cash remuneration and so forth. So that's where employee share schemes comes in. Now, Letty, can you explain employee share schemes a little bit better for me? Sure. Uh, before we even get into the tax side of things, I suppose what you're trying to say is that when you and your mates started up your new company, your concern was we have to hire these extra two people who have specialist skills. We want to pay them market value of remuneration yep. or at the very least a living wage. But realistically, your idea might not actually generate much cash income for maybe a couple of years. Mm. And that's probably the case for many, many startup businesses. Um, so instead of just paying traditional cash salaries, which your company probably can't afford to do at this stage, mm -hmm. what a lot of startups do is they will remunerate partly in cash and also partly with shares in the company or options to buy shares in the company at a later point in time. Okay. So this way with the uh, shares or the options, <coughs> sorry, the company doesn't have to outlay any cash, but you're still rewarding your staff for the good work that they're doing and you're also providing an incentive for them to keep on doing good work for you because the more successful that the company becomes, the better it is for them because their share price will go up. Okay, so that sounds pretty great uh, to begin with. Now, I know that employees get taxed on the cash portion of their salaries, but how about these shares and options? So how does that change? Sure, Lisa or Andy, would you mind perhaps explaining yeah. how the current work rules yeah. work? As, as a general rule, um, Nathan, um, if you were a, uh, a shareholder in a, in, a, in a company, you would receive dividends from that. But if I was an employee, some employers would say, here, Nathan, take a share. Mm -hmm. And they might say to you, well, Nathan, have that share on us, it's free. And so in most instances, um, we've got some special employee share scheme rules here, which will assess you on that, um, that free, div uh, free share that you've received up front. Okay. Um, there are some special rules, however, that will defer that uh, taxing point or the assessment of that uh, that share or the, the value of that share at a later point in time, and, mm -hmm. and those rules are somewhat uh, a little bit tricky to explain here to our audience, but mm -hmm. uh, but the rules work basically like that. So, And you'll see a lot of startups, that is one area where it's very, very hard for them to do and it is a process where the government has been looking at the last couple of years to provide, incentivise startups to provide these sorts of payments to their uh, employees. Okay. Now, I've heard that some of the ESS rules are changing. Um, that worries me a little bit because with the business that we're starting up, if we decide to go down the route of offering shares, which sounds like a great idea really on the face of it, sounds like something that, that we could really do. Um, these ESS rules are changing, so we want to make sure that we're on the front foot of that. So 
what is our approach? Sure. Well, as a broad comment, the good news for you is that um, most of the changes are actually to the benefit of the Great. taxpayer or the employee and or the company. Sounds good. Because these changes actually come about as a uh, as part of the government's broader national industry investment and competitiveness agenda. Okay. The government basically wants to improve the taxation of employee share scheme rules to help businesses to attract and retain suitable people, to create jobs, to 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 uh, encourage innovation and to encourage people like yourself to start up businesses and to um, employ people okay. who will do good things for these businesses. So the tax office is trying to help um, people who go down, who choose to go down through the, the ESS route to, to do what they need sure. to do to remunerate their employees, is sure. that correct? So these changes uh, involve legal changes by the government mm -hmm. but it does also you're correcting that the tax office is also going to have a major role um, okay. in these changes and Lisa will be able to explain some of those changes later on. Huh? First of all um, I'll just say that like I said before there are a number of positive changes for taxpayers that will come about as a proposed as as part of these um, amendments mm -hmm. but in this podcast we will just focus on just a few of the major changes. Cool cool and this first one is startup concessions so the discount will be tax-free if the employer qualifies as a startup. So, uh, what are the rules surrounding that? Sure. So, this is a brand new addition to the employee share scheme rules. Mm -hmm. So, basically, as Andy was explaining before, if you get shares or options from your employer at what they call a discount, which is basically if you get them for anything less than market value, mm -hmm. then you're, you are taxed on that discount. And as Andy was explaining, sometimes you get taxed upfront in the year that you receive them, but if you qualify uh, under certain conditions, you can defer it to a later year. Okay. Uh, but it still does get taxed. Under the, this new startup concession, if the company qualifies as what they call a startup, mm -hmm. then the discount will be completely tax-free permanently. Wow. So the uh, conditions that need to be met is that um, the employer cannot be listed, no equity interest in the employer can be listed on a stock exchange. Okay. And that also goes for um, any parent company of the employer um, or related companies basically. The employer must also have been incorporated less than 10 years before the end of the last income year before you receive those shares. Okay. So 10 years is pretty long time to be called a startup <laughs> for a lot of businesses they may be in the mature phase mm. by then a lot of businesses will be dead by then <laughs> as yeah, well. true. Yeah. but for um, the purposes of these rules the government has been pretty generous and saying that if you're less the company is less than 10 years old then you will meet that condition once again the 10 year rule also applies to other group companies so that so that companies cannot uh, you know, help employees to avoid tax just by creating a new subsidiary just for the, just okay. to meet these rules. Yep. Um, also, the company's aggregated turnover for the previous financial year must not exceed fifty million dollars. Now, okay. once again, I won't get into the aggregated turnover rules, but it does include the turnover or the revenue of related entities as well. Mm -hmm. Once again, that's to that's to avoid contrived artificial arrangements mm -hmm. and also the employer company must be an Australian tax resident. Okay fantastic. Now for sort of more in-depth uh, explanations of aggregated turnover and like topics you can visit our website www.taxpayer.com.au and we have those uh, those topics 
described in quite um, great detail, uh, a couple of pages worth of information each, I, I would expect. Now, the maximum deferral period uh, has changed as well. It's increased from seven years to 15 years. So what does that mean exactly? Yeah, basically, Nathan, um, in the past, um, or under the current law, as it, as it is, um, you have a maximum period of seven years until you, you have to pay for tax on that, um, on that share or option that you've received. Now, mm -hmm. the government's looked at this and felt that uh, potentially you could have that period extended longer, so that's why they've extended it to, to 15 years. Okay. Yes. And as we had referred to before, when you qualify for a to for deferred taxation, there are a number of what they call taxing points. And okay. once you meet the earliest of those taxing points, then you get taxed on it. Um, because there are a number of them, one of the rules is that under current law anyway, uh, if you don't meet any of the other ones and seven years is up, then you'll get taxed at seven years regardless of whether or not you've, even if you haven't met the other rules. Okay. And so all that's doing is uh, saying you now get up to 15 years. Fantastic. Another common taxing point, Nathan, is basically leaving your employer. So you're basically sure. saying that you know if you've left before seven years, that's when you'll sure. have to pay some tax. Okay. Now we've gone from seven years to 15 years. Yes. And when I originally looked at those provisions, I basically thought, oh, you'll get long service leave <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah, so, exactly. so it was sort of like, it was, yes. I think it was one of those you know, intangibles where you go, who's going to stay in their job for 15 yeah. years these yeah. days? It's not like our parents that, you know, had a job for life sort yeah. of thing, yeah. but that's sort of yeah. what Letty's getting at. So if you leave your employer, you've got a, you've got a taxing point, or it's now 15 years instead of seven. Sure. Well, with Nathan's new startup company, perhaps you will be there in 15 years' time. We're hoping to be, fingers crossed. <laughs> that's, that's when you've sold it to Google by then. Sure. That's right. <laughs> Google for $2 billion. Now, ownership and voting rights, that's a pretty decent segue to this next point. Sure. What's changed in this respect? So to qualify for deferred taxation, uh, your shares and options must actually meet some what we call general conditions. Okay. Now for the purposes of this podcast, we're not going to go into what all those conditions are. But one of the conditions is that under current rules, when you get those shares from your employer, you can't, be, you, you can't own more than 5% in the company. Okay. And, if, and if the employee share scheme interest that you receive are actually options, to buy shares, then the underlying shares that you could get with those options can't entitle you to more than 5% stake in the company. Mm -hmm. And likewise, you can't have more than 5% of voting rights at a general meeting. So what the new changes do is it bumps up the 5% limit to a 10% limit. Okay. So when, you, when you're thinking about how you remunerate these specialists that you're employing for your new little startup, you can have a um, think about how much how much stake they can have in your new company, mm -hmm. but just don't just don't let it be over ten percent. Okay, okay, fair enough. That's a good point to heed. Now, Lisa, uh, keeping records is not one of my strong suits. Not mine either. <laughs> <laughs> necessary evil, though. Necessary. Look, that's definitely the case. Standardised documentation. Mm. What's the go here? Okay. Well, um, I've just come back from a consultation process with the ATO this morning, cool. and there was two things that they wanted to consult with the application of how these. Um, new ESS rules will work because they've basically said you know, what's, what's basically there will go into law by the 1st of July. Okay. They, the Treasury basically said that's definitely going to go ahead. So what they're going now, how's this really going to work? You know, How's this going to actually roll out? So the two issues they're looking at is standardisation of documentation and valuation. And valuation's a very um, hot topic in many aspects of tax. So the standardisation, it was actually even though we've both said that it's 
you know, a bit of a boring subject and <laughs> we don't do it very... It was very heated. There was a lot of lawyers in the room. Mm. So what the ATO have tried to do is put together a boilerplate agreement, a standard doc agreement. So where you can come onto our website and pull down a constitution from clear docs, for example. Okay. Um, we're looking at doing the same sort of thing with the various documentation you need to offer shares um, to your employees. Fantastic. And the interesting discussions were that if the ATO put up a document, they want it to be flexible enough to be used by, you know, every one size fits most, for example. Yeah, yep. um, however, the comment was, if you put a document up there, people are going to think that if I execute this document, it's going to abide by all the rules. Yep. So there was that trade-off. Yep. So the feeling was that this document needs to be quite static mm -hmm. in terms of exactly what it is, which will then not allow some flexibility. The general comment from other people around the table were, though, that you for such an important document, you'd probably go to lawyers anyway, yeah. and that was very much the feeling. Because, like, I've had experience with startups as well, where they'll take a pro forma document off the internet, change a few things, that'll do, but they're not really understanding the law behind it, mm -hmm. where it could actually make the document fall apart. So that was one thing about standardisation. Then the second thing, which was the really hot topic, which I was mainly there for, is valuation. As Letty was talking about, the shares that you give at a discount. Mm -hmm. So a discount to what? Okay. So how do we value a startup company? Yes. How do what we value? value? Okay. Or, yeah. So you know, what's the market value? You know, what would you and I? What would I pay to invest in your company? Yeah. That's easy because it's we're arm's length. Yeah. I'll invest ten dollars and I'll get so many shares and we'll agree with yeah. that. But if you're trying to give it to employees. You know, what's the value of your company? Mm -hmm. you know, you've got all these very interesting financials, like if you go and want to invest in BHP or something like that, you know, you go, there's so many multiples of the profit and things yep. like that. But for your startup, your cash flows, where are they? Yeah. You know, what do we do? So um, we've talked about that 10-year cycle of a startup. Mm -hmm. If you're an IT startup, you may say that um, you might get some revenues after six months if you're lucky, 12 months. Mm -hmm. But if you're a biotech startup and you've had to do mm -hmm. clinical trials, yeah. you may find that that 10 years goes to 15 years yeah. until you've sold your you know, molecule, basically your little drug, to, um, to you know, a, a pharmaceutical company mm. like GlaxoSmithKline or something like that. Yeah. So it's sort of like, well, how do you value it? So they basically come together and said, the ATO will say there'll be two options is what they're feeling at the moment. There's mm -hmm. still some more discussion, but the feeling that I got from the meeting was that there'll be net tangible assets. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at the net assets of your business, not including your intellectual property. Okay. You know, not because you know you go on Shark Tank or something like that and say my company's worth this much yep. and it's a lot of mm. blue sky. Yep. So what they're saying for small startups, you haven't got a cash flow. You're not making a profit. Let's look at net tangible assets. Right. So all your intellectual property, all your thoughts don't get included. Okay. Or um, if you've basically raised some capital, where I have given you the $10, for example, for a share, yep. we'd go, whatever's greater. Yep. Is it the net, net tangible assets or is it the $10 I've given you? Wow. And then they'll go from there. Then what's been decided... Um, well, maybe not decided, but what's been talked about this morning was that once you start reaching some sort of turnover threshold, say mm -hmm. $2 million, then the other types of valuation methodologies kick in, like what you hear about from you know big ASX-listed companies. Yep. So they'll be looking at what they call multiples of your profit and things like that. Okay. 
Um, so that's what they're looking at. So I thought that was a really good outcome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the big thing with this and is that it's just not for employee share schemes, but they're going to start with that. Mm -hmm. There's other valuation methodologies that come into play with tax law where they might give this same safe harbour guarantee. Mm -hmm. In other words, if you apply the safe harbour methodologies, net tangible assets or um, some, you know, uh, uh, what am I talking about? Um, Profit on blind. Yes, when you've injected some capital sorry, yeah, into yep. the business, um, if you apply those, then um, the ATO won't come looking for you in terms of the valuation okay. methodology. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's really um, a, a good good thing and a good outcome of what they're talking about today. I, yeah. I guess there's a lot of uh, difficulty there, isn't there, Lisa? If you're pushing to provide shares to your employees year in, year out, you've got to go and take a value, some form of valuation mm. from year to year, particularly yeah. if you're starting to mature a little bit and work out if you know the value, the company's still valued at what it's worth, you yeah. know, and particularly with tech companies, I guess, you know, if you're an app designer, you know, apps, you know, stay, um, stay strong for, you know, a year or two and yeah. then the next big thing comes out. So it can be quite difficult to, to value be. these companies. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And having these safe harbour rules in place will just give you a bit more certainty because mm. you can't, you're, you're the creative type, you're the entrepreneur. You absolutely. can't spend all your time trying to value your company. Correct. And considering myself and in in where I stand in my own business, I'm sort of the brains trust. And it's interesting that you, yeah. you separate the intellectual property from everything else when you're talking about valuation. That's quite interesting. I didn't yeah. know that you had to make that distinction. So that, that's quite a good takeaway point. Now we should definitely say that the proposed amendments are intended to apply in relation to ESS interests acquired on or after July 1st, 2015. And employees that intend to offer shares and rights to employees from 2015 to 2016 should plan now in accordance with the proposed law. Uh, and what's this about the, the current the, division? So the current rule, basically the current rules will still apply for any employee share schemes, uh, sorry, any interests that were acquired before 1st of July 2015. Okay. So in other words, any uh, shares that you've, you or your clients have acquired um, under existing schemes, they're quarantined, they're still under the current rules, but the new rules will only apply for anything that's, that's uh, issued on or after 1st of July. Okay, fantastic. And if you'd like to do some more in-depth reading in our upcoming issue of The Taxpayer, so the May edition of The Taxpayer, yes. there will be uh, quite an in-depth article on employee share schemes and this these particular topics that we've discussed on this podcast here. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for Tax Wrap episode 23. Thanks for joining us. For Letty, Lisa and Andy, I'm Nathan Hewitt. Join us next week. Thanks a lot.